We've all seen the incredible horse and rider combinations as the backbone of our sport. But what about everything else that makes the equestrian world tick? From the everyday grind to the world-class professional, join the Equestrian Podcast as we talk about every equestrian discipline in a way that hasn't been done before. Now here's your host, rider, trainer, and influencer behind my equestrian style, Bethany Lee. Hey friends, and welcome back to the Equestrian Podcast. I'm your host, Bethany Lee, and this is episode 294. For the next few months, we are going to be doing a WEF series to really highlight some events and things that go on over in Wellington, Florida during the winter circuit, the Winter Equestrian Festival. And kicking us off, we had WEF premiere or WEF Zero last week. And so I thought I would talk to a winner from one of the most fun events that happens at WEF every year during WEF premiere is Battle of the Sexes. It's been going on for over 13 years now where the men and women make large teams duel each other out into a three-phase event and it is always such a blast to watch. This year the men had the win and that was only their second time winning in the last 13 years of the Battle of the Sexes. So I thought it would be really fun to have one of our male team members on to talk about the win and a little bit about the event. So without further ado, please welcome our guest today, Alex Granado. Hey Alex. Hi, how are you? Doing well, how are you? I'm good, thanks. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. I'm so excited that I get to talk to you, especially coming right off of your Battle of the Sexes win. So congratulations on that. Thank you very much. It was a nice way to start the circuit. Absolutely. Um, So it's been going on um, like for like 13 years now. For someone maybe listening who doesn't know about Battle of the Sexes, can you give me a little rundown about the, the kind of like the format of the event? Yeah, so it's a fun class that they do at the beginning of every WEF. Like you said, it's been going for 13 plus years now. So they used to do it as, it's always been three different phases. So they do a speed class where they match one rider from each team and they go head to head on a speed round and fastest, cleanest round gets a point for their team. The second round is a relay, so three riders from each team go in and each jump a portion of a course, and it's a timed event where you have to do, the first rider does their series of the course, and as they are finishing, you try to time it quickly where they're landing off their last jump as the next rider takes off for their first jump, and that's always a bit of a turning point in the class on how the points go. And then from there, the most popular, I think, is always the match race at the end, where they have a mirror image of a speed course and one rider from each team. And at the same time, they go head to head on the speed class and fastest, cleanest round again wins. Now, they used to do it where they had a four bar competition, a bit of a high jump, but they replaced that a few years ago with the Uh, They replace that with the relay, where I think Mm -hmm. it kind of translates into the class a little easier for everybody. Yeah, definitely. I'd love to know a little bit more about kind of your preparation for this event. What did your week or couple weeks leading up to Battle of the Sexes look like for you and your horse? This year, I actually wasn't sure I was going to do it. So this is probably my fourth or fifth time doing it, and I've always 
uh, had a fun course and a different one to use each time. Yeah. Uh, this year, I wasn't really planning on doing it. And then Charlie Jane, who's the captain of the men's team, he messaged me a little earlier in the week asking if I had somebody for it. At first, I didn't think I would. But then a family, the Fishers from Michigan that ride with me, uh, they were actually going to come in and practice this past week, but then yeah. they weren't able to make it down. So one of the girls was nice enough to let me borrow her horse. And he's a fantastic horse. He's really fun and very quick competitive horse. So just the timing was right. So this year I didn't have a lot of preparation to go into it, but I had a fast, fun horse. And yeah. that was the way we went. Amazing. Obviously, Battle of the Sexes is scored on those three different phases, the speed course, realize, and match races. Um, did you compete in each event? What does that look like? Do you have a favorite? For me, I think my favorite is probably mostly just because of the, the crowd gets so into it, is the relay with the three riders in the ring at the same time. Yeah. Because, you know, a, a bit more thought goes into it than just a fast speed. Like, I love to go fast. That's <laughs> that's my favorite thing to do in the jumpers yeah but you know it, it takes a little bit of precision and timing and the team has to work together so that's I think a fun round for the riders but I think it's also a fun one for the crowd that really starts getting them more into the class totally and obviously this event is quite a bit different than a typical weekend class at WEF um, how do you yeah. strategize your rides for each of these phases you know it's a little bit luck of the draw in the first phase. You know, you want to be quick, obviously, and score the point for your team. But you also don't want to have to go all out in the first phase because, you know, each rider does do all three phases. And so the horses are getting more excited and more amped up as the class goes. So you, I try to, you know, be quick and efficient and get the point for my round in the first phase without really amping up my horse. So another part that makes Battle of the Sexes is so unique is just that extra emphasis on it being a team effort. So tell me a little bit about the team's dynamic. Obviously, that looks a little bit different every year. But what part of um, Battle of the Sexes, you know, like really facilitates that kind of team mentality for the sport? It's really fun, a fun experience. You know, they used to do it where it was just professionals that were mostly on the team yeah in the last couple of years they've mixed in where there's some juniors and amateurs and of all varying experience levels and I think that's kind of nice for you know a younger group to start getting in there and feeling a bit of a team format you mm -hmm. know obviously this isn't a nation's cup it's not young riders it's not a senior team but it is a bit of a rallying community which is the effect you want in those bigger you know more proper nations cup so right. i think it's kind of a fun way to introduce that into some of the younger riders but i also mm -hmm. think even for me who's gotten to be lucky enough to do some of those senior teams and have some fun actual experience in that it's still like a fun fun way to have that community and rally around what is typically you know a singular individual sport you and the horse competing yeah. against everyone else Right, definitely. You don't have to be in the horse world for very long to understand that safety is such a big part of our sport. 
Ride EquiSafe offers the broadest selection of safety equipment in North America. Their broad selection really means that they can be a brand diagnostic and really focus on what's best or most appropriate for each individual rider. They don't push certain brands on people. They really do take a look at the individual rider to find which pieces would be the best. If there's a piece of safety equipment that they don't carry, there's usually a very specific reason why. Ride Equisafe is the only company in North America whose primary business priority is keeping riders safe in the saddle. They also offer a selection of boutique equestrian apparel to ensure you're not just safe, but you're also stylish in the saddle. So to get more information, visit their website at rideequisafe.com. That's ride, E-Q-U-I-S-A-F-E.com. It's impossible not to have, you know, like a, a fun high after a win like that. What does your upcoming weeks look like and how are you kind of moving off of this win to prepare for the weeks coming up? Yeah, you know, that was obviously, like I said, it was a fun way to start circuit. It was yeah. great. You know, the guys, I, I think it's been a bit faulty maybe in the ruling in the past, but the guys <laughs> are notoriously not the biggest winners in Battle of the Sexes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was nice to start our circuit off with a win for the guys and our ante leading into future battle of the sexes. But for me, it was, you know, fun getting in the ring under the lights. It was nice to kind of see how the ring is riding under the lights this year, because coming into next week is the first week of FEI. I'll be doing the three star with my experienced horse. He'll be jumping this week. So, you know, it, it was Obviously, a different feel, different class, but it was nice to get in the ring under the lights, even for myself as a rider, and just kind of feel the ring in that atmosphere before a more serious competition coming up this week. Definitely. As far as your preparation for a bigger class, like like let's say this three-star, obviously you've been taking time during pre-circuit to get the horses you know, fit and ready to go to go through the show season. What does this week um, look like? going you know from from the start of the week to the class sure so initially my plan it did get altered a bit i was going to jump the four star uh this past fall at holiday and horses back in mm-hmm. november with carlson but i was just getting down here from my farm in kentucky and i got here and just with the change in humidity and weather ultimately i didn't think he was fit enough and i didn't want to push and rush into the the class a few weeks ago so I re-strategized and you know put put my effort towards kind of planning his program a little different to get him fitter and a little more used to the humidity down here and at this point I feel like he really is so I did jump last week just two national classes I jumped a meter 35 and a meter 45 just to kind of engage his fitness get him in the ring and get a little bit of a training round on him and now coming into this week He's still our home farm right now. I'm flatting him a home today. And then his week, he'll move to the show tomorrow. Just have his week engaged towards doing the WEF, the qualifier on Thursday, and qualifying for the Grand Prix Saturday night. Got it. Love it. What would you say is an area of the industry that you're passionate about that you feel like the rest of the community either just doesn't know a lot about or doesn't talk that much about? Yeah, I think there's so many ranges of this sport and this industry that 
people maybe hyper focus on one and other areas slip. For me, I I like to focus the whole picture, not just to the sport or just to your program, mm-hmm. but to me, like really individualizing it for the horse. Because at the end of the day, you know, they're they're their own entity. They have their own mind. They have their own body. So for me, really not only having my own individual program, but really breaking that down a step further and having an individual program for each of my horses, just because they're all so different. They're different in their bodies. They're different in their fitness levels. They're different in their career path. So Mm -hmm. I really like to really try to have my goals and expectations set individually rather than just on a whole over my whole farm. How long do you feel like, I guess, on average, looking at all those factors and really trying to individualize the program for the horse, how long do you feel like that takes before you really get that dialed in? Like, how long is a horse in your program for that? What kind of clues and cues are you looking for in your horse to kind of know what to tweak and and how to tweak it to make that more beneficial for that specific horse? You know, for me, I like to, again, it's individualized to each horse, you know, where one horse may take, you know, a month to Mm -hmm. click with and be competitive at a top level. Another one might take six months, a year. You know, for me, obviously, it's really just taking it step by step for where, where the horse was in their program when you got it. You know, maybe you're getting an experienced show horse that's, you know, say, jumped Grand Prix, and you just need a few shows to mesh with it and get to know it, get them to know you, and then you're ready to go. Or a greener horse that, you know, is maybe say a seven-year-old that you have expectations of bringing up to an upper level, but they still need more experience. You need the time to get to know them. For me, regardless of the level, I like to say for a rider and horse to really mesh and fully know each other could take up to six months. Mm -hmm. But for me, again, with moving forward, say if I'm looking at a horse long term, I like to take six months to really mesh the horse into my program. From there, once I really know the horse, they know me, maybe take another few months to really evaluate the actual potential that I feel I can get it to and we feel we can compete at with that horse. And then from there, gauge if it's one that is this better as a sale horse, is this Mm -hmm. better as a full competition horse, is this better maybe as a client horse to keep in the amateur ring. So I like to set mile markers, I guess, every three months and really check in with myself on the trajectory and the program for each horse. Definitely. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. And I think often professionals get in can get in a tough spot, especially when I I'm, I like that you brought up the sales dynamic of the business. And, and a lot of times the sales program is a big part of a professional's program. And there are those pressures of, you know, quick turnaround and finding success early so you can, you know, move forward with the sale of that horse. And I yep. think focusing on taking a breath, like really checking in on, is this horse thriving or is it not quite there yet? Is, is the program not, you know, quite meshing and, and really just continuing to readjust? Absolutely. You know, I think there's, again, so many different ways to do this sport as a rider, as an owner, as a junior amateur, and, you know, set realistic goals, not only for ourselves, but for our horses. And, you know, having, every couple months a check-in with where you're at in that goal and expectation and 
what the proper steps are to get you further, but also being realistic with where the horse is at in that stage of each program. And if, if it's the right decision to keep pushing forward and stepping into the next level of that program, or is it right for the horse to reevaluate where their trajectory is going to land them in the sport? Exactly. Yeah. Well said. Well, Alex, thank you so much for taking the time and coming on. Congratulations again on your win at Battle of the Sexes. That was awesome to watch and um, hope it can just be, you know, a great dynamic to start off the season for for a rest of the successful season. Um, I'll continue to watch and stay updated on your success, but I wish you all the best. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. This was great to talk with you about, you know, my opinions on the sport and great to relive my win last weekend with the guys group by the battle of the sexes all right that is all i have for you today thank you so much for tuning in if you liked what you heard please take a minute and write a review on itunes i would so appreciate it it helps people like you find the podcast and it helps me get some killer guests thank you so much and i will talk to you next week